Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Luke chapter 18. We're continuing our vision series in a different way this morning. Luke chapter 18. We know our vision statement here is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. So say it with me. Say, ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And so last year, you know, I was before the Lord in prayer, and I had, uh, I really wanted to, before we even knew what was happening in 2020, so in the end of 2019, I found out that I really like to take notes and learn and process using a whiteboard. And so I told my wife, I want to get a giant whiteboard and put it in my office at home. I just wanted to take up the whole wall. And she's like, well, okay, you want to be Einstein? Go ahead and do it. Let's find out a way to do it. And so we figured out a way how to have a giant whiteboard in my office at home. And so I don't know, last year I'd be planning reopening plans and all the other stuff we had to do last year on that giant whiteboard. But one of the things I put up there was the vision statement. And so when I would go down there and look and work and pray and, you know, I looked at the word awakening. And one of the things I know from the word of God, there are many different types of awakenings in the word of God. And I said, okay, sir, what awakening? Have you called us to ignite? And I heard it so clear in my spirit. An awakening of faith towards God. An awakening of faith towards God. So today I want to talk to you about faith for our times. Faith for our times. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men are always to pray and not to faith. So the parable you're about to read, Jesus said it for this purpose. What's the purpose? That we should pray always and not faint, right? Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. So it's very clear, this judge is not someone you want to be like. How many see that? They have no reverence for God and no respect for people. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, avenge me of my adversary. The word avenge means to vindicate one's right, to do one justice, which means to protect, to defend one person from another. It's to vindicate one's right, to do one justice, which means to protect, defend one person from another. It means to avenge a thing or to punish a person for a thing. It means to avenge a thing or to punish a person for a thing. So avenge me of my adversary, my enemy, my opponent. And this judge would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this woman is getting on my nerves. Come on, that's what he was saying. You know you don't speak King James. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wears me. She's tiring me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Emphasis, unjust judge. Not a just judge, but an unjust judge. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him? Notice the comparison Jesus is making. If an unjust judge would give justice and avenge this woman, wouldn't a just judge? So a lot of times people want to talk about prayer and use it. See, we're going to have to wear God out. Come on, bombard the gates of heaven. Wear him out. You don't need to wear him out. He's not the unjust judge. He's a just judge. He says, hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge, vindicate, protect, defend from one person from another. His own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them, what? Speedily. Nevertheless, or, but, 
when the Son of Man comes, one of Jesus' titles, shall he find faith on the earth? The Amplified Classic Edition says in verse 7 and 8 this way, And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones, who cried to him day and night, will he defer them or delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? Persistence in faith. Not short bursts of faith. Because some of us have short bursts of faith. Now, when we see it in the Gospels, you have little faith. Because when we look at Peter, he walked on the water. And she said he had little faith. Say, well, that's better than any of us because none of us. Have you walked on water yet, Minister David? Not yet. So from what I know, none of us have walked on water before. But Peter, we get mad at Peter, but at least he did it. But Jesus said, you have little faith. Not just little amount, but short burst of faith. Peter, you're only in faith for a little bit. That's why you walked a little bit. So when Jesus comes back, he's not looking for those who have short bursts of faith, but persistence in faith. Because persistence in faith receives the vindication of the Lord. Persistence in faith receives the avenging of the Lord. Persistence in faith receives the intervention of the court of heaven on your behalf. And Jesus said, when I come back, will I find persistence in faith? Have we developed the faith that it takes to live victoriously in these times? Have we developed the faith that it takes to live victoriously in these times? Because a lot of people got faith. Some in God and some in other stuff. And one of the things last year showed you is where your faith really was. Because some people, their faith wasn't in God, nor in church. It was their certainty. It was their schedule. That everything's good as long as everything works the way I want it to work. I can handle some drama as long as it's scheduled drama. As long as the drama comes from the people I already know that cause me drama. I already know to watch around you. I need to walk in love around you. As long as the drama comes from that way, I'm good. If it comes up behind me, I'm a mess. But as long as it comes from the people who I know are trifling, as long as it's normal drama, not worldwide pandemic drama, as long as it's normal, as long as the gas went up a little bit and not the economy completely tanked, as long as it's something normal that I've seen before. As long as it's not 20 life-changing events in one month. As long as I don't have to stay at home with family for all year long. Somebody said, I was good with all that until you said that, Pastor. Still working on that one, sir. So we, we realize where our faith was. Because we've our faith was in our schedule, our routine, our certainty. That we expected certain things to keep happening, happening, happening. Sometimes it's because how we were trained, where we went to school, how we were raised. Of course the world's going to keep going this way. Of course this industry is going to last forever. And then all of a sudden, boom. And we realized where our faith, reliance, assurance, confidence, and trust was. And now as we're coming out of those times and the world's just ra racing to reopen and people are just ready to go wild. Now, just a little side note, not this message, but for all of my single people, especially single ladies, if they have not talked to you in a year plus and they're only reaching out because you got a stimulus and about to get a refund check for your taxes, they ain't for you. May the Lord add a blessing to that word. Back to this. 
as we're going to the world reopening, don't get so quick to put your faith in your routine again. Make sure your faith is in God. His plan for your life. So I can't wait to get back to normal. Well, you had a problem with normal. Come on, let's think back to 2019. There are some normal things you were complaining about, upset about. I just wish it changed about. So don't use your faith to go back to normal. Use your faith to go to the future God has for you. Faith for our times. Because we have to understand our times are not normal times. If we didn't know that, we learned that last year. Paul looked at our times and said our times were dangerous. Come on. Paul lived in the Roman Empire where Nero was crazy, setting believers on fire for candlelight for his dinners. And he said, whew, Timothy, you think we in a time? Those people live in some dangerous times. Developing faith for our times. Jesus talked about our times in Luke 21 and Matthew 24 and says men's hearts would fail them for fear because of what they see come upon the earth. Faith for our times. We must develop faith for our times. Go to Acts chapter 12. Persistence in faith. Acts chapter 12. I'm going to show you this example of persistence in faith. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Pauls, who's James? One of the inner three. James, John, and Peter, the three disciples who were closest to Jesus, who saw things the rest of the disciples didn't. This is one of the pillars of the church. We definitely know Peter and John are, but so is James. And King Herod kills James. You know that shocked the early church. They wouldn't think that James could be killed. Maybe somebody else, but not James. Not one of the inner three, not one of the apostles. James is killed. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. He said, oh, wait, that got me some more. That boosted me in the polls. Let's do it again. And so he captured Peter. And then notice something that happened. These were the days of unleavened bread, and when he apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him, which lets me know that when James was caught, they didn't pray like they should. Because they thought, of course nothing happened to James. It's James. Come on. You know how much Jesus loves James. James is gone. The church was tired of losing its gifts. Think about other messages James could have preached. Places could have gone, churches he could have started, things he could have gone to the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of God, now he's gone. And so they started praying day and night. Now when we read Bible stories, we think, oh, these are Bible characters. Well, Bible characters had jobs and families and chilling. A lot more than us probably. But somehow, these people, real people, not imaginary people, real people found out how to pray night and day. And they still had jobs and children. Some of them good, some of them, well, were believing the Lord. Some of them who were just nice and obedient and whatever you said, and other ones who need consistent follow-up more than the other children. So you notice how I phrase that? Nice, y'all get it. And so you have this here, and somehow they figure it out how to be a church of consistent prayer. That means somebody was praying when someone else was wasn't. And then, okay, we got to get these kids in bed. Okay, you're going to take over this time of prayer now. Because it even goes back to the times of the temple where there was prayer and worship going on 24-7. There were shifts. 
And sometimes this time of prayer is coordinated by the Holy Ghost or by human leadership. But notice, they still found a way. And against everything they're facing in the normal parts of life, to be a church of persistent prayer. And the prayer spot they they designated was the house was very important to the early church. It was John Mark's mother's, Mary. They're at their house praying. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, not the rapper, but just in prison. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Get up quickly. Now, wait a minute. Notice peace. Peter is knocked out. Most of us, if we were to be killed the next day, we'd be awake. Peter's knocked out, asleep. Can't be comfortable. He's chained to two soldiers. Gone. So gone, an angel appears. You know, we read all these other stories about an angel appears and everyone startles awake. Peter is still knocked out. So an angel comes from God's presence, shining with the glory of God. Peter's snoring. You know, the angel's like, really? And so either the angel reaches down and hits him or kicks him. Dude, get up. And he wakes up. Oh, what's up? Get up. And the chains fall off him and he's just standing there. Dude, pick up. Put your jacket on. The angel's walking him through the steps. Like, what, what are you waiting for? Come on. Peter gets dressed, and he still thinks he's in a vision, says later. And the angel leads him out, and the doors begin to open. He goes through all these things. Guards don't know what happened. He's supernaturally delivered. And he leads him into the streets of the city, and then he realizes, oh, God sent an angel to deliver me. And so he goes to the house where everybody was praying. And he knocks on the door, and they're in a deep prayer meeting. Come on, think about deep prayer meetings. Come on, they're interceding. They're supplicating. People calling down fire. Focused in prayer. Peter's knocking on the door. Someone comes to answer. It's Peter. She's so excited. She runs back and says, Peter's outside. She doesn't even open the door. They leave Peter out on the coat. Runs back, says, Peter's outside. I said, Peter's not outside. We're praying so he can be outside. We're working on that right now. No, he's outside. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, no, it just must be an angel. That's what they thought. It made more sense for Peter's angel, who they believe looked like him, to be outside more than anything else. But she kept going on and on, and Peter just kept knocking and knocking. Like Somebody's going to let me in. I'm sure he's hungry. Someone's going to let the man of God in. And they saw him outside, and everybody was amazed, and he told them the story. And he gave him some further instructions. But why was Peter released? Because Jesus loved Peter more than James? No, or because the church persisted in prayer. They came together and they prayed. You know, we talked about it last week, how each one of us has a supply. And in Ephesians 4, we see when our supplies come together, the body of Christ grows and increases of itself in love. It builds itself up. And so they came together to pray, and they brought their supply. Somebody was interceding, and it got the angel released. Somebody was interceding, and it caused the chains to fall off. Somebody was interceding, and it caused one of the doors to open. Someone else was interceding, caused the gates to open. Everybody was working on their part in the spirit. They didn't all know what they were working on, but because they yielded themselves to persist in prayer, they had a miracle break forth that they weren't even ready to receive yet. They won the victory before they knew they won it. Come on. They had victory. They didn't even know they got it yet. Persistence in prayer. Persistence in faith. Faith for our times. You see, Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8, this type of prayer in verse 11. He talks about a situation they were in that they were so troubled in modern-day Turkey that they didn't even know they were going to live. 
And they said, but we didn't trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver, and whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. You also, verse 11, helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. So God delivered us, but you helped us. We were in a situation that we thought we were going to die. We thought it was over, but there was somebody in Corinth praying in the Holy Ghost. Now you think, oh, I have to be perfect before God for my prayers to matter. Corinth had issues. Corinth had some advanced issues. Come on, that first letter, it took six chapters of correction before we answered their questions. But one of the things you see here was they said, you know what, let's pray for Paul. And because they had united in prayer, deliverance came. It's, we had to get out of the mindset that is just the preachers and the church mothers and the super anointed prayer ladies who can make stuff happen on the earth. It's when the church prays. It's when kids world prays. It's when the teenagers pray. It's when the millennials pray. It's when Gen Z prays. It's when Gen X prays. It's when the baby boomers pray. It's when the greatest generation, it's when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ believes that if I pray, something can happen. Something can change. I have faith for my times. I'm not just going to let the time keep going. I believe when I get before God, something can happen in these days. Not just letting it happen. Faith to impact our times. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Yes, Jesus is returning. But that doesn't mean we go hide in our prayer closet and wait. Luke 12. Verse 35, King James says it this way, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. The New American Standard says, be prepared and keep your lamps lit. The Passion Translation says, be prepared for action at a moment's notice. Be prepared for action at a moment's notice. We need to have faith to be able to take the action the times call for. And not just doing what we've seen before. Sometimes the times call for something new. It's always going to be based on the word of God and inspired by the Holy Ghost. But we do what the times call for. Because we're here for such a time as this. That just because there's racial strife in this nation, always has been, since before this nation was thought of, go back to the 1400s, it was here. And Jesus told you it would be here. In Matthew 24 and Luke 21, when he says kingdom versus kingdom, those are countries, nations versus nations, Greek word ethnos, race. And the end time, there'll be racial strife. And so just because it here doesn't mean just put up with it. Oh, well, yep, that's racism, all right. Well, the Bible says there'll be racism in the end days and racial strife. Yes, but how much do we put up with? How much do we just let happen? How about faith that stands against systematic injustice? Faith that stands for justice. Faith that stands for Asian Americans. Faith that stands for Jews. Faith that stands for African Americans. Faith that stands for every single person in this nation because we know they bear the image of God because they were created in the image of Almighty God. Whether they're red, yellow, black, or white, no matter their economic status, no matter their immigration status, no matter what nation they came from, I believe they matter because my Bible tells me they're made in the image of God and my faith can actually impact my nation. Faith to stand for what is right. Faith to stand for Israel and stand for what goes on in our nation. Not just saying, well, 
It's a sin issue. Well, everything else we deal with is a sin issue. Well, you can't legislate righteousness. We do it for everything else. Why not this? Instead of just letting stuff happen. No. Not here. No. Not in our city. Not in our state. Not in our region. It's developing faith for our times. Standing up and standing against the plan of the enemy. Be prepared for action at a moment's notice. Luke 12, 36 says, And you yourselves be like unto men that wait for the Lord when he returns from the wedding. That he comes and knocks, that you may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, he shall gird himself and make them to sit down and meet, and he will come forth and serve them. So there are rewards for those who are active when Jesus returns, who are doing their job. This says that Jesus himself will serve you. We know that. We see that scripture called the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's a reward. This is not people who are just hiding. They say, oh, come back, Jesus. This is bad, real bad. Because you see the news. It's real bad out here. What are you doing about it? I thought he called us the light of the world. Oh, the world is dark. Well, shine brighter. We're the salt of the earth. We have to develop the faith our times call for. Faith that's bigger than just what our family needs. Faith that can actually impact our community. And not just saying, well, it's always been bad. Yes, but shouldn't the church do something about it? Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a fallen away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, and the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. Now we've taught on the scripture a lot, and so I'm not going into great detail. The word withholdeth, or the word let, means to hold back. It means to detain. It means to restrain. It means to hinder the progress of. It means to hold back, detain, restrain, hinder the progress of. This man of sin, this man of lawlessness, as another translation called, is also called in John's writings, the Antichrist. And so, one of the things you see, we'll see in 1 John in a minute, there are spirits of Antichrist, whose job are to prepare the way for the Antichrist. The Antichrist has an agenda he wants to accomplish in this earth. But how much of his agenda is accomplished on this earth is up to the church. Because the church is the agent that is restraining him and hindering his progress. How do you know that? Because you say, well, it's the Holy Spirit. Well, yes, the Holy Spirit working through the church. But after the church is out of here, people still get saved. Which means the Holy Spirit is still on the earth working. It's the church that holds back the Antichrist agenda. So that means any of his agenda can be held back and restrained by the church. How much his agenda manifests is up to the church. The church is the most powerful institution on the planet ever. Ever. So what goes on in this world is up to us. Go to 1 John chapter 4, as I mentioned. 
talking about these spirits of Antichrist. First John chapter 4. We see him talk about him in verse 1 and 2 and 3. But notice what he says in verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who's the them? The spirits of Antichrist. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, you can do studies on Antichrist and find stuff about him if you want to. And it's something in the Bible you can study. But people fear the Antichrist. When this scripture says, the one who's greater is in you, which makes you greater by association alone, why would you fear someone that you already beat? Why would you fear someone you already beat? He says you've overcome them because the greater one is in you. We sang about that earlier. His spirit lives within us. Our victory. We win because the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. Say, I win because the greater one lives within. Look at chapter 5, verse 4. We must develop our faith for these times. We must have faith to challenge the systems of our world and receive unprecedented victory. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The word overcome means to conquer, subdue, prevail, get the victory. It means to conquer, subdue, prevail, get the victory. Now I'm saying the world here is not talking about the earth, not the planet, but the systems of this world. The systems of this world which Satan seeks to influence so he can influence the people of this planet. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that Satan is the lowercase g God over this world's systems. He's also called the prince and the power of the air. The systems of influence that Satan seeks to assert his influence through are business, government, arts and entertainment, media, family religion, and education. The systems of influence that Satan seeks to assert his influence through are business, government, arts, and entertainment, media, family, religion, and education. Satan has propped up demonic forces to back this system to resist believers, enslave mankind, and enforce his will. Satan has propped up demonic forces to back this, these systems to resist believers, enslave mankind, and force his will. So, of course, there's systematic injustice in these systems. How many of you can see that? But when you look at whatever your career is, where God has called you to, you're in one of these seven. And do you really think you're in there just to get a paycheck and go home? Well, yep, all y'all crazy because the devil's on all y'all. But let me go ahead and do my work, keep my head down, and not cuss anybody out. Whew, it's hard today. Mm-hmm, yep, 5 o'clock, yep, out. Or just maybe, just maybe. You're there for a reason. Maybe you just, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, maybe, because you know you are the church. Maybe, just maybe because you do have the Holy Ghost on the inside. Maybe, just maybe because he's on pawn you and he got the word and he got faith. Just maybe you're there to change it. Maybe the whole reason it still exists and hasn't been consumed is because you're there. Maybe, just maybe, that company survived because you're there. 
that they had a good year because you're there. Egypt was blessed because Joseph was there. Joseph was there and they were good. So stop cursing places that you're supposed to bless. You have nothing good to say about your job. At least they give you a check. Walking in, you know, cussing under your breath. And just, Praise the Lord, everybody. It just, it just, I don't know, it just makes sense to me. If you work there, then you should bless it. Because you're there. Not just about loving everybody else there, but why would you curse something where you are? My neighbors are crazy. Well, there's somebody who lives next to them who may be a tad bit interesting sometimes. You know, you just can look at the phone and open up your camera, hit reverse, and you know, you see them. Maybe, just maybe, you're in your neighborhood for a reason. When's the last time you prayed for your neighbors and not strike them down, Jesus? Now, yes, there are times you might need to pray someone out. Lord, bless them somewhere else, far away from this community. Heard Timbuktu is nice. But maybe, just maybe, if we had faith for our times, we could change our community and change our workplace. Just maybe we could have faith in Jesus and not a political party. Because it's a problem when we sound more like Democrats and Republicans in the church. It's a problem when we sound more like political leaders and presidents than what thus saith the Holy Ghost. change our times, not to bow down to a political party. We have to have faith like Caleb, who cried out, give me this mountain. Not just being, okay, let me, whew, it's been a tough day, let me just go home, I'll do it over again and for a couple decades and I'll retire and travel the world. What about just make a difference your entire life? And even when you retire, still make a difference. Why say you have to wait to travel the world till you retire? Well, I'll have money then. Why can't you have money now? How many things do we just go along with because that's what we're trained and taught and heard when our faith could actually change our times? So we must build and increase our faith. Because faith can be expanded. You see that from the scriptures. And we know Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we want to have faith for our times, we need to be word people. Well, we have to be in the word every day. Don't let the politicians teach you the Bible. Don't let social media teach you the Bible. Get in the word for yourself. You know, maybe if we just took some time to be in the word, not being caught up in everybody's drama. Well, I'm not caught up in people's drama. Look, y'all so caught up in the royal family and gospel royalty, y'all forgot there was a Jesus. Don't be messy with people online. All right. We get so caught up in everything. Yeah, I'm not saying not be informed and not know what goes on. But we get so caught up so busy casting judgment that when we want mercy, judgment shows up. Why? Well, you judge royal family and Kirk Franklin and all these other people. You don't know them. And even if you do, are you supposed to be throwing judgment at them? Jesus said the same way you judge, you will be judged. Some of you have judgment because you got a lot of haters because the seeds of judgment you sowed. So I'm nice to everybody. Your social media would say otherwise. And too many of us are using our faith to fix problems that we sowed because of our mouth. We could get further in life if we was like, you know what? I don't got a comment. 
Facebook, no comment. You really don't have to post everything. You really don't. There's sometimes you just got to type stuff in like, hmm, delete, delete, delete. Holy Ghost, take over my Twitter fingers. You really don't have to respond to everything. And if you, your person's like, I had to respond to everything, come out, well, check your spirit. Holy Ghost, should I post this? No. Ooh. We want our faith to actually impact stuff, right? We want our words to have weight. But if we're always tweeting random crazy stuff, why do we think when we open our mouth and speak for our words to have weight? Because one of the ways you change your world is the words of your mouth. What if you really had everything you said or tweeted or posted or put on TikTok? Faith for our times. You know, it's a sign and a wonder just to be people who aren't offended these days. You just using that, you know what? I'm not going to be offended. I'm not. I make a decision. Yeah, what they said was just ignorant, not even ignorant, ignorant. You know what? I forgive everybody of everything. Well, you want to say more about it? Nope, because I'll have to repent, so I'm going to keep on moving. Because if you become that controlled over the words of your mouth, when you have to say something, it has power. But if we're always just, we get the results. Your words are seeds. If you don't like what you see, change what you say. Go to Jude, book of Jude. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know from Romans 10, 17. We grow our faith by being word people, by reading the word every day, listening to messages preached, by spending time with him, hearing what he has to say for our lives, by living out the word. By speaking the word, we develop our faith. Jude, verse 17. Notice what Jesus' younger brother says. But beloved, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who shall walk after their own godly, ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves. That phrase separate themselves means cause, strife, and division. These be they which cause strife and division. So the apostles told the early church, and Jude is repeating it for your benefit, that in the last days there will be mockers, another word for that, scoffers and scorners, who will start strife and division. There'll be mockers who will just be messy and cause drama. And the thing is, when we think about stuff, we forget that it is happening every day. It's just become our normal. And so instead of getting involved in the messiness, you may not comment, but how much time do you spend reading it? Stay out that comment section. Usually nothing good happens in the comment sections. And you just read it, and it's like, it's been an hour. We've just been reading spiritual vomit. There will be those in the last days who call strife and division. Sensual, fleshly. And they do this because they don't have the spirit. But you, people who have the spirit, meaning we should be different because we have the Holy Spirit, we shouldn't be the strife starters and division causers. That was a good place to say amen. That's a good place to say, pastor stepping on my toes, just pull them back. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we're not be the messy people who start strife and cause divisions. But you, beloved, and you say, hey, you're loved by me and loved by Jesus. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith, 
praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Building up yourselves means to build upon. It means to rise like an edifice higher and higher. It means to build a superstructure. It means to charge yourself up. The Amplified Version says it this way, but you, beloved, build up yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth, a man who spent a lot of time praying in tongues, said, Holy Ghost power in man is meant to be an increasing force and enlargement. God has never done anything of a diminishing type. He is always going on. Holy Ghost power in man is meant to be an increasing force and enlargement. God has never done anything on a diminishing type. He's always going on. This word for build here, linguists say our modern day word for charge helps express the meaning of this word. So praying in the spirit will charge you. We're used to charging things. We charge our phones, our devices. Some of us charge our cars. And how many know if you don't charge your car or charge your device, you can't use it that long. So maybe how far you're going spiritually is based on your charge. Dad Hagen would say it this way, he says, well, maybe your faith is not working because you haven't charged it lately. We have to charge ourselves up and realize there are some things in life just draining. Sometimes dealing with some people are draining. And you should realize when you're drained. Not because you went off on somebody. That's a little bit too late. Ooh, I must be drained. Oops. Sorry. No. We realize, yep, that was a draining day. Let me take some time and charge myself back up. Let me actually think through with the scripture. Oh, yep, that drained me. So you know what? Let me just take some time to pray in the spirit. And one of the things that you know, I, would, I have my private time of prayer, but one of the things I made a habit to do now that I have children is I pray in tongues around them. Why? So they grow up hearing their parents pray in the Holy Ghost. So when they think of their adult life, it's normal to walk around the house praying in other tongues. Now, my teenager, of course, understands all about it and prays herself. My, five, my almost five-year-old has questions. So I remember the first time she would hear me and Lady Raquel pray in the spirit. So, okay, now, now, where's that language from? Is that Spanish? Is that, you know, Mandarin? You know, it's like, no, it's, it's a heavenly, no, 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 where it comes, it comes from up with it, you know? She has questions, so we just answer her questions. Why? So in her forming, it is normal to pray in the Holy Ghost. These things should be normal for our children. We're raising Holy Ghost children, right? We want kids to follow the Holy Ghost, right? then these things should be normal. That wherever your prayer time is, you may like to pray while you cook. Then while you stir, it's normal. Come on, do you know how many kids? It's normal for, you know, they, they try to sleep. They wake up in the middle of the night. Mom put anointing oil on them. So, okay, just let me go back to sleep. You know, there's so many jokes about it now, but some of those kids are like, oh, I'm so glad you did. We have to be these people, not just in church. It's great that you pray in tongues at church, but do you pray at home? Do you pray in the car? You can go places now, wear a mask, and people don't know you're praying if you're not loud. Come on, you got the perfect cover right now. We got to charge our faith. We have to develop faith for these times. Faith for an unprecedented display of the power of God to where it happened like in Mark chapter 2, verse 12. We looked at it last week when the four friends brought their friend who couldn't walk and they lowered him down the roof and he was healed. And all the people in that house said, we've never seen it on this fashion or we've never seen anything like this before. That's the type of power that has to manifest in these days where people say, we've never seen anything like this before. And we have a generation that is used to signs and wonders on the screen, right? They're used to technology and super things done on the screen, whether it's in the movie theater or at home now. They're used to seeing these special effects. Do you really think 
Disney can outdo the Holy Ghost? Do you, do you really think that Spielberg can outdo the Holy Ghost? Don't you think that God has something special for those who live in these times to manifest in such a way that the whole world goes, wow. See, when we talk about signs and wonders, signs deal with the logical part of your brain. Wonder deals with your imagination. And when the Holy Ghost manifests signs and wonders, it gets you both places. But we get to that power when we have faith for it. When we build ourselves up. When we don't limit ourselves to what we've seen before. When we don't hold the Holy Ghost captive to previous moves. Now the Holy Ghost will always move according to the word of God. He wrote the word, he's not going to move against his word. Now all the things we saw in previous moves, he will do again. But that's not all he's going to do. So that means we have to walk with him and listen and be open and not just look for what we've seen. Because if we only look for what we've seen, we may miss what he's doing. But if we're word people who spend time praying in the spirit and spend time listening to him, it doesn't matter if it's something we're not comfortable with or something new to us, we'll be able to move with him. It won't matter your age. It won't matter your background. It won't matter your education. That if you just flow with them, you'll be able to flow. You know, I've said it before. I got it from Mark Hankins. His father used to say that if you listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look smart. He'll make you look like a genius. But if you don't listen, you'll look normal. And there's too many of us in the church who look And listening to the Holy Ghost doesn't make you spooky either. People are like, oh, if you're spiritual, you're spooky. No, some people were just spooky before they met the Holy Ghost. Now they're just saved and spooky, and the Holy Ghost is trying to get the spooky out of them. I still remember uh, when I was teaching ministry school, I was t it was a couple-year course, and Bishop was like, well, how's this class doing? I said, oh, they're still kind of spooky. You know, the first year, he's got to knock the spooky out of them. He just fell out laughing. I said, well, it is true. We're working on it, So We're working on it. And you may have some spooky ways the word needs to knock out of you. That you think it's the Bible with a superstition. Well, the Bible says, well, the salt of the earth. No, that is not what he's talking about. But the thing is, aren't you glad he's patient? Aren't you glad he hasn't given up on you? Woo, Jesus. So glad that he works with us. It's like, oh, yep, yep, okay, go ahead. Let's keep, let's keep moving, I got you. We need to make sure our faith is in him, not our performance. Because sometimes things happen not because we did everything right. Some things happen in spite of us. Now, we want to get to a point where God can move through us because we're yielded, not move in spite of us. But as we, more, we partner with him more and more, he's able to do greater things. We need to have faith for an unprecedented display of grace a display of grace that causes you to rule and reign like we see in Romans 5. A display of grace that all those sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So we don't walk in sin because you know, grace is going to be there. No. We're going to live holy because holiness is still right. Yes, it's 2021, but holiness is still right. But we have faith to manifest grace in a day where sin is abounding. But also, a level of grace that is so strong, we live in a financial abundance that's uncommon to people. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Faith for an unprecedented display of grace, a display of grace that calls you to rule and reign in life and walk in a level of financial abundance that is more than what you need and desire, but enables you to change the economic status of your community. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says in the Amplified Classic Edition, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances, always and under all. Y'all see that, right? So everything that happened last year plus some. And whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid, 
or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, there's nothing wrong with receiving a stimulus check. Just use it wisely. There's nothing wrong with receiving that. Now, what I want you to notice, grace is trying to take you to a place where you don't need it. Grace is taking you to a place where you cut the stimulus check. So it's nice if they want to give me my tax money back. It's nice. But while I'm waiting for the government to figure out what they're going to do, I got you. This is where grace is taking us. That we have people in this church from many different financial levels. But grace is taking you to a place that as you follow the wisdom of that grace and the wisdom of the scripture, not only are you good and your foe are good, but you know what? Let me make a difference wherever I go. Faith to have finances that we're not to say, well, you got to either help somebody out or be broke yourself. No, no. Faith, we're plenty more to put in store. I'm good. My family's good. I've created generational wealth, so they good. My grandkids good. My great-grandkids good. And my community is good. You know what? That's a good school. Let me get some scholarships myself. But that means we have to start thinking bigger and dreaming bigger and stop putting a cap on what grace can do for us and what the power of God can do. And what I say, we're limited to our education and our background. No, step out of that limitation because you put your faith in the grace of God. Faith for our times. Getting to a place where living by faith is not an option anymore. It's necessary. We're not bound by our times. We're liberated because we have faith in God. That we haven't tapped out the grace of God, the power of God, the provision of God, the ability of God. He is the almighty God. He is El Shaddai. He is more than enough. So we didn't have faith that acts like that. Faith for an utterance that outpaces the philosophies of our day. Talk about a little bit on midweek. Faith where the words we speak become like Stephen in Acts 6.10 where nobody could resist the wisdom which he spoke. Nobody could resist the anointing that was on his life. Luke chapter 1, we'll end here. When Gabriel was talking to Mary, Gabriel ended that conversation said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. We must be people who believe for the impossible. We dream big because we serve a big God. We shoot beyond the moon and stars, and it can't just be Elon Musk who goes to Mars. Say, oh, he's a big dreamer. He's a big thinker. Well, why doesn't the church think bigger? I'm glad for people in the tech world and other worlds who dream big. But the church should dream bigger because we know something they don't. Or more specifically, we know someone they don't. And imagine people on that level when they run into a believer who thinks bigger than them and can back it. Do you know what happens? They want to know your Jesus. We have to be those people so that we can be what Elizabeth said to Mary in verse 45. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is the person that used their faith. For there shall be a performance. Blessed is the person who had faith for that utterance. Blessed is the person who had faith for that grace. Blessed is the person who had faith for that unprecedented power. Blessed is that person who had faith for unprecedented victory. Blessed is the person who had faith for their times. For there shall be a performance from the Lord. But we have to expand our faith if we want the performance of the Lord.
See, there's a thing about our God. He's a show-off. He just needs the people who will believe him for it. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.